We have uh, a very in- interesting, I think, uh, organization model that we call the Soap Bubble organization. <laughs> okay, oh, the soap tell us bubble. more about the Soap Bubble. Yeah, yeah the Soap <laughs> Bubble is really interesting because, you know, every once in a while it, you get, you need to do something. You need to <clears throat> engage your team to perform a certain task or a project or you need to establish a marketing organization or a sales organization etc and we keep all doors open so so anyone can <clears throat> raise their hand and say that um, I'm a back-end developer but I'm very interested in financial management so mm-hmm. I want to be a part of the financial team Welcome you all to another week in the life of Team Service Point. Uh, I almost said another episode, but we don't talk about episodes because we want you to know what week we are uh, are in. And we are in week 11 in the life of Team Service Point. Uh, Welcome, Anna. Hi, thank you. And Pearson. Thank you. Yeah, and we got a guest (laughs) with us today as well. A warm welcome to Anders Eriksson. Thank you. Yeah, how are you feeling? Uh, <clears throat> actually a bit nervous, yeah. but mostly energy. I have energy, uh, really excited about this podcast. Yeah, yeah. You, you, lo- you look concentrated, yes. like you're <laughs> ready for a big fight, actually. No, no, no fighting. <laughs> no fighting, but you look good. You got your he- headset on and uh, uh, we trained you with the microphone, so it's, uh, it feels like we're ready to go. How are you feeling, Anna? Yeah, I'm uh, excited to have uh, Anders here with, with us today. Uh, I'm really looking forward to our discussions and uh, uh, talking about uh, what we have done so far together. Mm. And uh, Pearson, you're back still with us. It's yes. Lovely. Yeah, how are you feeling? Uh, I'm fine. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, it's some uh, pollen al- al- allergy going around. Ah, yeah. And some itching eyes, but uh, taking double doses of my medication now. So, okay. Summer is upon us. We have, we ju- the summer is just outside the window. And uh, when you hear this, it's probably even more uh, summer. I don't know if that's an English word out there. Uh, <laughs> so, um, Welcome, a warm welcome. We always start with, uh, we haven't always started, but uh, emojis. I love emojis. Mm-hmm. We love emojis. I say yeah. we, but uh, so uh, what emoji best describes how you feel right now, Anders? Do you know the one with uh, brain? Mm-hmm. The uh, brain exploding? The, yeah, the yeah. brain exploding. That's me right now. Yeah, the brain <laughs> exploding. Um, That's my favorite too. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's a good one. Uh, Anna, what's your emoji? Uh, of yeah, I'm actually thinking more of the disco ball. I think uh, that's uh, my feeling right now. The one emoji. You usually take two. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the disco ball uh, with um, yeah, with the brain, uh, not the brain freeze, the brain explosion. The brain yeah. explosion. Yeah, because you always like to bend the rules, even though I say emoji. Mm-hmm. That you take <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> Pearson, do you have an emoji for the, what you're feeling at the moment? Um, yeah, uh, I've listened a lot to music lately, so some kind of note. Note? Uh, yeah. Yeah, one of the, yeah. One of the notes, mm? maybe a G or an A, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> I don't <laughs> what know is what it really. I don't know how to respond to that. It doesn't say really. No, no, no it doesn't say. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what's my emoji? Uh, I don't. Uh, oh, I uh, like we said we should prepare, uh, but we don't want to because we want it to be spontaneous. Mm, my yeah. emoji would probably. I'm gonna go back to. It's been like a unicorn week, so I'm gonna ha- continue. I love the unicorn. It's something uh, beautiful in that. So, um, how's your week been, Anders? My week has been really, really good. We've been uh, <coughs> um, fortunate enough to uh, welcome more customers mm. to mm. take. Um, and we have loads of new ideas. Yeah. So it's been a, a really good week. A good week. And it, uh, is it, yes, has it been hectic as well? A lot of things or like more like a good yeah. flow? Yeah, good flow, I would say. We, well. t- we try to keep a human tempo. Yeah, uh, mm. that's important. Yeah, most definitely important. So, uh, has your week been, Anna? Yeah, it's been uh, with a good flow as well. I, th- I think, uh, mm. and a good um, mix between uh, work and uh, and uh, leisure, because uh, we have had um, uh, my my boys uh, has finally quit uh, school this for this. Uh, how do you say for summer ho- holiday? Yeah. yeah, summer break. Summer break. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's they. I, I've been um, um, playing with them yeah. as well. So and and mix with uh, with a lot of work too as well. I felt like it. It was like an extra dose of summer in the middle of the week. When, yeah. when summer break started for them, not for me, but uh, and, and since we do a lot of work at home, it's almost like you get it that kind of summer vibe yeah. goes into yeah. your home office as yeah, well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how's your week been, uh, Pearson? Um It's been great, actually. Uh, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot of good content created mm-hmm. for, our, uh, for our marketing, so yeah, can't complain. Yeah, and I, I, need, I, I just can't do anything different. It's been a really good week. We had had some continuous discussions with a with a new partner where we dug into what's important to us and and we did something where we we said i know you Anders, we're going to go come back to that yeah. later on in this but we just opened up the books and looked at what do we want to ma- make the most of this yeah. collaboration and what do we want to achieve together yeah uh, that was really uh, yeah that was a really great meeting i think yeah so it's uh, and we get a new customer signed as well it's it's an awesome week yeah, yeah. it's almost like <laughs> well, like we're ending the pod but it's 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 a good thing uh, so a lot of energy uh, and it's great to have you uh, here Anders um i think we're uh, we're ready to get to know Anders a little bit more uh, uh, <coughs> so i'm going to step a little bit closer no i'm not uh, but um who who is Anders Eriksson oh that's a good question <laughs> uh, well, I'm past 50. Yeah. Uh, I have five kids. Yeah. One wife. <laughs> um, lives in Varberg. Yeah. Uh, south part of Sweden, the, on the coast. Yeah. So I think I moved. Uh, I've lived there for like 25 years now. 25 years? Yeah, I think so. Mm. Oh, so you're, you're like almost native Varberger. <laughs> no. Depends who you ask. If yeah. you ask a Varberg person, they would say no. Mm. Uh, but if you ask me, I would say that, yes. Are you windsurfing? No. No? No. Um, Appleviken, or what's it called? Exactly, yeah. Appleviken. Yes. Uh, uh, I haven't actually really tried it yet, so I would do that this, this summer. Okay. I tried last summer, but uh, 
well, I didn't get the time. Okay. <laughs> 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 uh, it's uh, since we know each other from before, uh, Anna. If if you were to describe Anders, mm-hmm. um, how would that go? What, what would you? Yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think Anders is a great um, uh, has a great personality when it comes to uh, uh, to um, achieving uh, good things in sales. Uh, he he is uh, a true professional. Um, mm. He uh, he is um, energizing. His he gives energy to to the room, and uh, he really uh, put put in a lot of trust into uh, into what he actually delivers as well. I think. He's uh, so kind, Anna. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you agree on this? <laughs> <laughs> I can't say yes uh, <laughs> because that would be awkward. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> it's okay to say yes. You can say. You know what you can I say. I hope so. I hope. Thank so. you. That's my ambition, at least. Yeah. yeah, and one more thing, I actually see Anders as, as one of my mentors when it comes to um, how you how you build up uh, um, uh, both sales and, and marketing uh, in in an organization mm. together. Yeah. How, how long have you been working with sales? Oh, um, I would say since uh, my first job was when I was fourteen years old mm. in a gro- uh, grocery store. Uh, that wasn't wasn't so much sales, but still, it's in a retail environment. So, <coughs> since fourteen years old, I would say so. It's a long time. Mm-hmm. So that's like fourteen. Yeah, years. yeah. I, I can't do the calculation in my head <laughs> no, at the no. moment. So okay, it's Me like neither. ages, several <laughs> decades. Yeah, <laughs> several <laughs> decades ago, I started long, long as a grocery boy. So, so that was the, your first probably steps into customer relationships. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, the professional career of being a salesperson, how did that start? Well, that started with um, um, I started with um, mounting uh, p- how do you say parabolic antennas? Yeah, it sounds. Yeah, yeah. do you know mm-hmm. what that is? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really, really old. Containers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you still yeah. Some, see some of the on, on the houses today. <laughs> exactly. Mm. Yeah, uh, uh, <clears throat> that was a long time ago. But uh, uh, we were. Actually, when we started a small firm in installing these antennas, and then we were acquired by um, a company, mm. and then I started to work with selling loudspeakers to retailers. So okay. we were sort of a how do you say that in English? Um, uh, a retail, gro- uh, yeah. not wholesaler. not wholesaler. wholesaler. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Okay. So we represented a German brand <coughs> in the Nordics. Uh, You're okay to mention brands in this podcast. Yes. We don't have any affiliates. <laughs> yeah, that was Canton. <laughs> Canton German loudspeaker is really, really good. Okay, <laughs> or, or our and producer will beep a, that yeah, out. Yeah. I don't know. That's we will not a sponsored uh, yeah. ad. So any, well. <laughs> any loudspeaker that goes well, uh, it's yeah. okay as well. But, uh, but you started without training. You were like just... Ha- hands-on uh, doing it by yourself no training at all just no i think uh, and i think we will come back to that i think <coughs> that we complicate sales mm. quite often and try to make it technical that we need to have certain skills mm. i think uh, the most important uh, aspect of sales is to keep the customer in focus if you do mm. that mm. you don't need to sell actually if you're trying to do the best for the customer it it works yeah mm-hmm. and and 
So you, uh, we will come back to that, but I want to get the full picture of who you are. So you, yeah. you, co- and, and then you continued with uh, different roles in sales. Yes, I moved from wholesale to retail. Mm. Uh, worked in a selling uh, car audio equipment. Okay. Uh, for a few years, uh, also started up uh, business to business. Um, initiative in that retail store mm. uh, which was my first business to business uh, sales job so yeah. to speak and <coughs> it was really interesting because we 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 sold a lot of you know car audio stuff yeah really expensive ones mm. as well and one day <coughs> a sales manager for an IT company stepped into the store needed help with an insurance um, errand, mm. so to speak. And uh, uh, I was a bit interested in the IT environment. So I asked her if they needed some sales reps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she asked if I did know anything about IT. Uh, I said, I don't know nothing, but I can <laughs> sell stuff. So <laughs> if you just give me a chance, I'm, I would prove that. So I think I joined Mercantile Data in 96 or something. 96. So it, it, it all started with you, yeah. uh, a, a sales uh, conversation with a different salesperson. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's how you entered the IT business and, and yeah. of course, business to business as well. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's been your major focus from there, right? Yes. Since, mm. since then, <coughs> I worked with Mercantile Lotta for a, a couple of years and then... Moved on to IBM, worked uh, with IBM for almost six years. Mm. And then I started my own business after that. Yeah. So back in 2006, no, yeah, six. Yeah, I worked with Mercantile Data to uh, 99, 2000. And then I moved to IBM, uh, stayed there for six years. And then I started my own business. What a career. I, I, I must say, when I add up uh, all the years, it, it doesn't make any sense because you doesn't look that old. Oh, thank no. No. I know, actually, <laughs> but it doesn't. It, it, I mean, uh, when you started talking about your, when you're entering the IT and bis- to business to business, that's two decades ago. And yeah. it doesn't look like that. So uh, good <laughs> for you. If I look as good as you when I get your age, um, okay. Uh, that will be awesome. So uh, that's uh, your journey to today, uh, of course. And uh, we will come into where you are working at the moment. But before that, who, who, I want to dig a little bit some personal questions on who you really are. So now I know you're looking at something that we've given to you, but we're going to give you something else just so we get something spontaneous here. But we can start with the first one. So are, are you usually early or late on this? In my professional life, Mm. Always early. Yeah. In my private life, always late. <laughs> but how does that combine? Is that like you, okay, I'm in early in all of these meetings and so now I must make up for it. I'm going to be late. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't have a clue because I've been really uh, <coughs> uh, trying to teach my kids to um, management by grandma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's uh, always be on time. Uh, call back and keep your promises. Yes. But they always tell me that I can't keep the time myself. So, so you're not uh, living your life. I, I'm not living my <laughs> your rules. Uh, exa- well, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but in my in my professional life, I'm I'm never late. Mm. Yeah. 
that's a funny thing i don't know it's probably the same thing where if you are really like social in your one of your lives if you talk like that you can 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 get kind of antisocial in the other part because you used up all the energy or all your energy to get in time get yeah. on time <laughs> yeah. yeah i can actually really relate to that too, too as well because i really think it's important to be in time yeah. and i'm always trying to um i'm a yeah time optimist or uh, yeah i'm always trying to because i, I really want to do that and i uh, if you're gonna re- uh, respect people you mm-hmm. have to be on time and yeah i mean yeah and that's uh, i actually have the same uh, problem <laughs> um, um, maybe it's yeah. more common than you think yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably uh so um how, how do you relax after a hard days of work i like to train train what, what do you train um i'm not a good runner but uh, i think it's a good way of you know getting in shape or yeah getting up, in right? shape yeah. and al- also to uh um relax from mm. an intense day but uh, my passion within training is uh, thai boxing mm. um so i try to do oh. that at least a couple of days a week that uh, that's why i were why i was referring to the fighting phase before yeah, yeah, because know, you look like <laughs> really into the like the game phase <laughs> and yeah. you're like now you're laughing i was a little bit afraid of you in the beginning like, <laughs> like 10 minutes ago <laughs> I'm quite nice. Yeah, yeah, I know you are. I'm just, I'm <laughs> just joking with you. Uh, I know, but the 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 audience doesn't know that. So, if, if you didn't have to, if you didn't have to sleep, what would you do with all the extra time? Oh, if I didn't have to sleep, the thing is that work is my hobby. Mm? It's work is not work for me. So, mm. I spend quite a lot of time with workish stuff. Yeah, but. Um, as long as the work is inspiring and I get energy from it, mm. then I don't consider it a burden. Uh, no. But when I need to do stuff that needs to be done in a certain time, or then it turns into stress. Mm. Uh, so that's not very good. Mm. But uh, as long as it's inspiring um, new stuff, I love new stuff, then I can work mm. uh, Around the clock. Yeah. Do you release uh, release your stress uh, in Thai boxing as well? Yeah, or that's yeah. a really good way of it is <laughs> stress. <Yeah. laughs> because you hit something that doesn't hit back. Yeah. <laughs> Usually, if you're sparring, uh, well, if you're sparring, you will get some some um, um, uh, what do you say uh, hits back. Yeah. yeah. But not if you are doing a bag or something. Yeah. yeah, and it the re- bags doesn't hit back. Probably yeah. releases a lot of tension in the in the whole body. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. probably uh, as well. Yeah, I can really imagine that. <laughs> so, <laughs> Would so be a good. good so way. your work is okay. your is your hobby because I, th- I think we talked about that a, a couple of weeks ago. Actually, the mm. the podcast that is just out. Uh, if if you do work as the thing you you love, or you do work for being able to do the things you love in the second hand, but you yeah. you have it as the thing you love to yeah. do. So it's. Yeah. Um, how how do you keep it in in check? Yes, do you don't so don't get too uh, deflated on energy and so on. If you really love what you're doing, I try to keep a healthy balance between the fun part of work and training. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. uh, and of course spending time with my family. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and usually I can keep a good mix of it. 
Yeah. And and what I work with today, we, we are quite, um, um, it's important for us to keep a good balance. So yeah. we talk about that a lot and we try mm. to help each other if we notice that someone are working too hard, mm. that we, um, we um, yeah, it's important. Do, uh, do, you, do you have any uh, like tips? If I were to come to you, I, I don't know how to find my balance. Uh, what would your advice be? Actually, I asked a colleague that question just a few months ago. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, well, well, um, I think it's you need to enforce certain, um, certain, um, you know, habits. Mm. Such as, the, give well, us an that, example. that you stop working a certain time, that yeah. you start training, for example, or mm. you, you um, eat healthy food, or just start to, to get know healthy habits mm. yeah and I think inherit that in, into yeah. your uh, daily life yeah right? exactly mm. because it's like you need to train on that as well not only the physical training because but also good habits yeah good and habits yeah habits is a good one we uh we talked about just just because uh just before we started recording here that the the thing of time boxing things yeah so it doesn't uh especially True. if you want it if it's so fun you can never stop mm. you need to have Okay, then I will stop at this at least. And then the fun will begin but l- at later. Yeah. Uh, and, and for me, I think uh, you, a lot of organizations and businesses, mm. they don't spend enough time uh, on, on, on that. Time boxing it, that it, this is enough. Now it's time to go to the next cycle, the next learning or, or, or so. So it's, uh, it's a good thing. Habits and time boxing. Where are you working at the moment? I'm working with a company called Tick. Yeah, tell us a little bit about uh, what, what, what is Tick. What, what do you do? Uh, yeah, I <coughs> we we have a story. Yeah, and that is that we are in the middle of a, a paradigm shift, mm. and we are talking digitalization. We are talking uh, new mis- uh, new business models, etc. and Everything is enabled by technology. And and I think that the paradigm shift will have uh, a massive impact, not only <coughs> in business models, but also how we uh, design organizations and build organizations. Mm. Um, so we, we, when we introduce ourselves, we say that we are the next generation company. Well, what do, what does that mean? Exactly. Of question. <laughs> what does that <laughs> mean? Exactly. Your next question. Now you get me intrigued. <laughs> you always get that question when you yeah. say that because <gasps> it's like an odd statement. Mm. Uh, we 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 think that there are three things you need to um, embed in the next generation company, and the one thing, one of them is culture. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we want to build a company where people want to work with at so mm. people are not going to work because we pay them uh, we want people to go to work because they get inspired by colleagues or customers etc so the culture is really really important and we yeah. also want to build a company uh, who the customer wants to work with and partners mm. um, so we are working really really hard with the culture mm. uh, and 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 that's an important part of of tick uh, we measure our culture every week uh, and we work actively with developing our culture 
Um, so for us, it's very human-centric. Yeah, it's human-centric. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is around technology, because the paradigm shift is main, mainly enabled by new technology. So, so it's a major shift. It's, it's, it's gigantic. It, uh, and we are moving from a traditional way of setting up infrastructure, middleware and application, building applications to cloud. Yeah. Uh, and cloud is much more disrupting than people think today um, because it enables us to set up infrastructure in a completely different way, uh, to build applications in a completely different way. Uh, and the theme, I would say, is that you, you, the new technology will enable you to adapt much faster with microservices, serverless, and also a flexible financial uh, cost structure, etc. It's like a platform for for the new companies or the future companies. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's it's. Uh, I could talk for an hour. Yeah, just, <laughs> just around the, y- the technical. Your, your perspective on the market today is it? Wh- where are we? Where are the organizations? Are they ready for this? Have they already? implemented and started using it or are they in the beginning where now, are we now you will get me going Rick. yeah yeah but give me because uh, i want kind of a measurement how do you look how do you look on the market today let's start with sweden and Norik. yeah before i answer that question yeah. i always get criticism because i use uh three things very often mm. uh, it's about three things uh, and you said it mm. uh, <laughs> before anna and i didn't mention the third so I would do that before I answer that question because yeah. otherwise people will uh, uh, will you know comment that. Uh, so that's technology, and the the last part is actually organization. Organization, okay. So traditionally we have built companies um, uh, vertical. So we have a top-down organization with a management team and. I know business managers, mm. etc. Mm. So it, it gets quite tall, if you understand what I mean. Mm. It's high. Yeah. Mm. And, and we believe in flat organizations. So we have turned everything around. So we have a support team in, in the bottom. Mm. And the support team's um, mission is, is to build a self-governing organization or an autonomous you know, organization where teams can manage themselves. Mm. Uh, and not only dev teams or... SysOps teams, but also uh, in financial management, in sales, marketing, etc. Mm. So everything is autonomous. Mm-hmm. So who tells everyone what to do? That's we a good question. We 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 try to um, we try to uh, um, engage uh, people mm. in all kinds of decisions. So we have uh, a very in- interesting. I think, uh, organization model that we call the soap bubble organization. <laughs> oh, okay, the tell soap us bubble. more about the soap bubble. Yeah, yeah the soap <laughs> bubble is really interesting because, you know, every once in a while it, you get, you need to do something. You need to <clears throat> engage a team to perform a certain task or a project or you need to establish a marketing organization or a sales organization, etc. And we keep all doors open so, so anyone can... <clears throat> raise their hand and say that um, I'm a back-end developer, but I'm very interested in financial management, so mm. I want to be a part of the financial team. Or I want to be a part of the team that is looking for a new office. Yep. Or I want to be a part of the team that is working with uh, 
uh, after work parties. Mm. Or, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. So <laughs> that is the soap bubble mm. organization. So uh, soap bubbles are are initiated yeah. and doesn't live forever. No, exactly. No. Mm. And it's really interesting because you get everyone involved mm. in in all parts of the organization. I would say that's the way we try to engage people and <coughs> get them autonomous. So when does the soap bubble uh, pop? The soap bubble pop when there there is no need for it anymore. Mm-hmm. When the energy is gone. Yeah, the for energy example. you can sustain it. That's like the yeah. physical. If I was a civil engineer, I could explain it. I can't, but it's probably why it's yeah. pop because it's yeah. yeah. Mm. So. Uh, uh, I never worked with a company that uses that model before. So I, I think it's interesting. I think it works very well and you get very committed employees. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a big difference. We, we tried something probably similar uh, mm-hmm. a couple of months ago when, when we were about to, okay, and we wanted to look at our organization and say, okay, we want to re- totally rethink how we've done things. Yeah. If no one is telling someone else what to do, mm-hmm. How will we build it? What are we call them circles instead? But that's yeah. quite close to <laughs> soap bubble. But <laughs> circles or domains. What 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 are? How do we build them? Mm. And we do that with anything, all the way from the the group of like the party mm. to mm. how how can we care for our customers? Mm. So there was a set of responsibilities, and we did it like where do you want to put your effort and your energy into? Exactly, it sounds sounds similar. Yeah. Uh, so the soap bubble, uh, you <laughs> get a really good, of course, you're sales uh, sales guy, so you know how to put <laughs> a good frame on it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so back to the question. Back to uh, the question about the mar- what? <laughs> how? What? What yeah. is your look on the market? Uh, we're going to go over time today, but let's. Uh, mm. uh, so, what's your look on the market? Yeah, I think um, the the interesting thing is uh, when I first um, realized that. Or actually, we realized, Richard, because we uh, worked in the same team at that time. Uh, yeah, uh, you, we you're going into how do we? How did we meet? Yeah. So, what? But continue. Yeah, yeah. We mm. but, but we we realized when we were re-engineering the strategy of the company that we worked together at that that there is a big shift in the market mm. to cloud. Uh, and now, say three, four years later, it's it's obvious that. Um, uh, the market is divided in two parts, I would say. Um, the SMB market, the small medium businesses, mm. Mm. Um, they they still s- consider cloud as a service somewhere else. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they 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 don't that they don't consider the services in the cloud, which is really the mm. the big thing. Yeah. Mm. How you use the services to build infrastructure or build applications, etc. Uh, that's the big thing. Um, so, but the enterprise company has come quite far. They, they are the ones who are driving the the cloud <coughs> transition or transformation in Sweden yeah, right at now. the moment. And within those companies, there is actually two parts. Uh, which actually, when when you and I were in Bar- in Barcelona. Uh, 2014, I think. 14 or 15. Yeah. Yeah. Last Gart- decade. Exactly. Gartner <laughs> talked about two-speed IT. Yeah. Or bimodal IT. Mm. And the logic is that you have the legacy IT, which you need to keep the lights on. And then you have the more innovative part of IT, which is more related to business business ideas or innovation, mm. etc. And that is very, very obvious today that you have those two um business areas so the IT is very concerned with the 
the IT part and mm. they don't see cloud as the business do because the business wants to realize some idea as soon as possible. Mm. And mm. if the idea is a good idea, and they need to scale it fast as well. <laughs> and you can't do that on-prem. You need to do that in cloud. And that's interesting when you mentioned the, the Garten Forum we were in, in Barcelona. We had the opportunity to do that. But uh, that is still valid today. Mm-hmm. Do, would you say that companies are working with this knowledge? It's like five, it's even more. It's like mm-hmm. five to ten years mm-hmm. old knowledge. Do, yeah. Would you consider that the market is uh, utilizing this knowledge today? That's a very interesting question. Because well, it's, it's like old information. Yeah, I know, I know. And, and it's... it's My Something that I've learned uh, as I'm an old man today <laughs> is that uh, new stuff takes very long mm. time before it gets implemented. It yeah. takes so long time. And the time. development often goes much, much slower than yeah. you think. Yeah. yeah, And that's, I think it's also a, lega- a legacy around <clears throat> how we have built companies or organizations the past 50 years. Mm. It's a lot of you mm. know, organizational departments, uh, hierarchies, mm. politics, <laughs> and stuff. Functions yeah. to keep the organization alive, yeah. not yeah. to keep the value flowing. Yeah, exactly. and the innovation mm-hmm. actually really often um, lacks the the trust from the organization, I think, as mm. well. And uh, that's that's why, why I think also that the innovation is not uh, actually, is not focusing, is not uh, on focus in the organizations because it It's a lot of other things uh, going on yeah. around uh, with with the hierarchies and, and stuff like that as well. So so usually it starts like a shadow IT project, mm. which is out of IT's radar, mm. and then it starts to grow. and And <clears throat> I know companies in Sweden where the business IT is as big as the IT IT, uh, and then you have a different problem. Then yeah. you need to. Sync um, mm. between, uh, and, and <laughs> the best thing w- would actually be if the companies would try, t- uh, try to team up a little bit better because IT has a lot of governance skills. They know how to maintain stuff and keep the lights on, and the business is not. Uh, they are not focused on on uh, maintenance and governance. No, exactly, mm. Mm. And, and we are all very often stumble across that when we meet organization and i talked about it earlier this week in in our vlog when it's cooperation between departments mm. why mm. it is so different you focus mm. more on keeping the boundaries than actually exactly. removing them exactly because when you talk about business automation or you talk about mo- mm. being like a market leader do something new for a market you cannot think about your boundaries or no. i mean mm. even the company is a boundary you should not look mm. uh, look at mm. uh The PowerPoint's pictures get more important than what you want to achieve. But coming back, how would you see that the, the market is utilizing this knowledge or not? Is it like, no? It's no, your answer. No, no. I, I would say no. And I, I, I think um, we as a company take this very, very early in this um, life cycle of this new technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it would take some years to mature the market. And then if we look... For example, in the U.S. market, uh, mm. I mean, they are a few years ahead of us. Okay, uh, that as well. Mm. Probably because you know Microsoft, Google, AWS—they are all mm. American companies. And and I, I think that's why we're referring to that type of event. You go down there, you get and kind of uh, a, a vision of the future. Mm. 
And then if you go down there every year and get a new vision, mm. you cannot get sidetracked. So you cannot take, have to take that knowledge and put it down and then you have to work with it for five yeah. to mm. 10 years. Yeah. And that I think is, some do it, mm. really, do uh, put the work, but most just get a new idea. Okay, mm. we should call it something else. Let's just switch around uh, the agenda because you have a different mindset when it uh, or a foundation when it comes to sales. Yes, there is something different uh, about you and, and how you look at that. And, and please tell us a little bit about that, Anders. How do you look at w- what is sales to you? Well, um, sale. I think, um, as I mentioned previously, that we complicate stuff, and mm. and we have. Mm sort of a a picture of what a salesperson is like. Um, and I think people that are getting into sales, they they, they want to be the the, the 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 typical persona of a of, of a salesperson. And that is pitching stuff. Pitching stuff and yeah. selling stuff mm. and convincing people to buy something that they might not even need. I would say that that's the mm. yeah that's the yeah. typical way that's me the typical way the, of the, if if I were to think about a salesperson mm. it's not a positive uh, image it's it's someone mm. you are here to trick me into doing something exactly. that I mm. perhaps might want to but I am not sure no so you, you're true and yeah. and and it's 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 so easy because um, working with uh, Trying to understand uh, value proposition and offering, etc., know all the specs and the features and functions, mm. etc. It's not, it's not about that. Mm. It's it's about trying to understand how you can help the customer with the stuff that you do. Mm. That's mm. basically say, yeah. sales, and and be the one that comes with the good ideas. And if you always have the customer's best interest in your mindset. You you are actually not a salesperson. You're more like a business developer, or yeah. And I think that suppliers or partners, etc., they should focus more on how to help the customers yeah. because then it's not sales. Yeah. But it's much harder. Yeah, and also build that into the sales organization yeah. because uh, often you are um, measured by. Uh, exactly. bo- uh, by your budget or yeah. by your how many customers do you bring in or etc. Yeah. Uh, et yeah. Models. yeah. Yeah. And everything uh, and yeah. Um, as for a salesperson, it's it's not easy to then mm. just shift mindset and say, okay, now let's help the customer. How do I do that? Mm. Uh, if you have that in 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 your uh, backbone as well. Mm. I mean, um, and also are measured by the bonus systems and, and everything. Mm. So, uh, so, so yeah. how do you how do you get started? If uh, the first thing is the mindset, that you should always uh, help your customer. But how do you do it in in, in practice? Would it's you say r- it's it's really simple. It's it's so simple that it's almost ridiculous. Uh, it's about asking, asking the customer. You know, every customer have strategies and objectives. Start there. Mm. Asking what what are your ambitions with the company? Because if you understand the the big uh, the big uh, the big picture, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, the the big picture, you, you start thinking like that company. 
Yeah, we yeah. are going to expand. We want to develop uh, new products. Mm -hmm. uh, we need to do uh, this and that. And then you can start imagine what would I do if I were employed in this company? Yeah. And how would you, as a, I mean, as a sales director for a sales team, how would you help the salespeople uh, achieve that? Uh, well, the, I think uh, we have developed. Uh, <coughs> As you know, I'm a very systematic person. I like structure. I like a uh, systematic approach. Because mm. if you work in a systematic way, you can always improve. If you work ad hoc, uh, it's much more difficult to improve. So I like structure. So mm. most of what I do is to establish structure. So a sales team can operate on an infrastructure. Mm. But um, <coughs> the model is that if you if you establish um, a, a relationship with a customer and and you start understanding the strategy and the objectives that is nothing that you need to invent yourself you doesn't need to go to a customer and explain everything you sell mm. because if you start with the customers targets mm. um, then you can then you can understand yourself that okay they're going to, uh, they have these objectives, etc. They have probably some kind of roadmap that they have a priority of what kind of initiatives they want to do in a sequence. And uh, it could be sales, marketing, uh, logistics, etc. And if you understand the strategy, which is customer information, nothing that you have to invent yourself, and you understand the roadmap, which also is from the customer, then you can start um, coming up with the good ideas. If mm. I were you, I would do in this uh, in this order instead, or I would I would not um, choose that path. I would do this instead, and this is is the reasons why. And then it's not selling. It's, it's mm. more like you are a consultative, mm. consultative, um, and helping out, exactly. helping the customers. Yeah. yeah. So. So I, I would like to see sales more like doctors. Doctors. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you went into a doctor and, and uh, they say, uh, you know, hello, Richard, you, you should have this medicine now because we have it. Uh, it, it, it it's a campaign. It's a 30% lower price. You wouldn't trust that doctor. <laughs> no, some doctors do almost. But, uh, well, not in Sweden, but in no. other places. Uh, yeah, you're right. You, yeah. You, 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 you as a doctor don't know where I am. No, you haven't. So you have to, to me ask yet. questions, and yeah. you have to understand what kind of patient you're in front of. And I think that's basically selling. Mm. If we keep it that simple, it's not that hard. No, and, and we talk. Uh, I haven't figured it out until now, but we talk about the same thing when it comes to business automation. If mm. the experience for the for the uh, employee or for the customer is important for you, mm. that you have a good way and you want to build trust, yeah, then you must invest the time to take to find out where are they. Yeah, and that's what you are talking about. Yeah. Ask the question. Yeah. You don't have to figure it out. You don't have to just start by asking questions. Yeah, that's the title of the book, by the way. Start by <laughs> <Exactly>. asking. <laughs> start by asking the question. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a, a good, uh, good thing. What, what were you about? You were about to say something more. No, I think. Uh, I mean, the basic philosophy of sales is is quite simple. It's it's like customer obsession. Uh, start with the customer. All the you know the stuff that everyone has heard, but. Mm. The interesting thing is that very few practice it. Mm. 
even if you understand that logic behind starting with the customer and do the best, you know, mm. f- for the customer, very few actually practice that. Yeah. No, because my, you you see you see an incentive or a shortcut yeah. that I can if I just selling this, mm. okay, it's one of a hundred, mm. but that's easier, and I I don't have to change because every time I invest mm. time in a relationship, I basically change myself or yeah. I have to, yeah. and it's a longer path. Mm. It's a longer path. Yeah. <laughs> And also related to 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 what you said, Anna, uh, about the culture. Because mm. even if you don't work with culture, you always establish some form of culture. Mm. And if you have incentives, bonus models, you always praise the best salesperson. You you establish a high performance culture, mm. and a high performance culture is very. It's it, it's it's not in the customer's best interest it's in the sales reps best interest because they get the bonus Mm. they buy their expensive cars etc yeah Mm. and you got the competition uh, culture in a way yeah exactly and 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 that is really bad for or for you know organizations because i mean people don't stay if you're not a high performer you don't stay because you 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 uh, will not stand with being insulted Mm. (laughs) day after day so so I have a my, my favorite quote is is actually by Albert Einstein, uh, um, and it says that don't try to be a man of success, but rather a man of value. So if you focus on creating value, you will be successful. Mm. But mm. if you're focusing on being successful, you might miss to create value, mm. and then you will not be successful in the long term. Yeah. The other thing is a result of what you're doing. So yeah. It's, yeah, don't focus on the incentive. And the focus. good thing is that if you if you manage to put the customer's best interest first, uh, you will build trust. Yeah. And if you build trust, that the, that is something that is uh, not very common in the IT industry, at least. No, it's and, not. And if you build trust, you can actually measure the value of trust because as the customer is not um, used to meet salespersons that put their interest first, <laughs> the customer puts more of their business with persons they trust. Yeah. yeah. And they don't um, push prices so much either. So you mm. increase your margin and you increase your revenue <laughs> if you manage to build trust. And I've measured that for 15 years, so I know it's, it's, it works. Mm. Mm. But it's a different way of managing as a sales team. It's a different way of building culture. It's a different way of m- measuring um, sales organizations, mm. but much more effective. Mm. Yeah, and it, it's something you do for the long run. Yeah. It's, a, it's not a quick fix, and if but uh, as as always. Uh, so what you said is that you should always provide value in everything you do. Yeah, and start with asking what's in it for the customer. Yeah. Uh, and, and bring it back to, to Tick as well. What's yeah. in it for the people? Exactly. Uh, it's not customer or employees, it's both. Um, but you said something of being systematic. Uh, it's something I like as well. Uh, it's, it's about uh, if you're not systematic, uh, then you don't know what you can improve or, or, or how you're actually improving from, 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 from day after day. So we've done something together here. Uh, when it comes to uh, uh, having a systematic approach to building a lead gen machine, we call it a machine just because we do. But uh, so, um, Anna, what, 
or Anders, Anna, what, what have we built? <laughs> we built a Legion machine. What, what is that? A Legion uh, machine is, uh, as uh, Anders mentioned uh, before, uh, we are doing something uh, systematic out of uh, um, identifying um, um, customers that are interested in, in service point on the, on the market today. Mm. Uh, and then um, out of that, uh, we take uh, uh, the s- systematic uh, approach about it is that we um, actually um, uh, call the customers uh, or the potential customers, of course, um, um, and uh, checking out their interests, actually. Uh, and if, if they are interested, yeah, then great. That's mm. good. Uh, but if uh, if they're not, then we uh, yeah we just say okay, thank you. Uh, let's talk maybe later, uh, and we'll call them back. So, um, and then um, we are also building um, um, uh, building our I mean our total offer and uh, why why they uh, should have service point uh, in a, in a digital. Um, uh, marketing uh, approach as well. So we are uh, um, focusing on um, building uh, great uh, content um, and uh, also pushing that uh, through to the the pre-sale person that uh, calls calls um, the potential customer. So they also can uh, build their arguments uh, towards the potential customer and actually. Um, 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 yeah, um, telling them why they should should um, um, buy service point or not mm. not buying service point actually. So um, yeah, we have the same approach that uh, Anders were talking about uh, earlier. That uh, we uh, we don't the mindset is that uh, um, we. Um, when when the customer is is actually interested in in service point, then we approach them more. Mm. Exactly, yeah. and that's the magic thing here. Um, that most organizations they um, push sales, and and uh, the the most important objective is to build the pipeline. So you want to have as many opportunities as possible in mm. the pipeline, mm. um, and. But the thing is, if you if you compare that to a manufacturing business, for example, the raw material is quite important if you if you manufacture something, and if you don't care about the quality in in the material, uh, then mm. I mean the output will be be poor if you have poor raw material. If mm. you have good raw material, it will you have a good output, and and if you if you if you um, approach sales. In the way that you uh, that you say, Anna, that mm. that you have an uh, um, you have an excess of leads uh, more than you can handle, mm. but that gives you uh, that gives you the opportunity to actually pick the ones yeah. that actually have the need for service point right now. Mm-hmm. So that's a high quality lead. So mm. if you if you if you only bring in high quality leads in your pipeline, then you will reduce the cell cycle, you will mm. increase the conversion rates. It's yeah. really simple. Math. And reduce waste, of course. Yeah. So so I think the basic idea here is to talk to a lot of customers, 
understand if uh, they have a situation where a service point could be the the solution, mm-hmm. and uh, and if they have, then it's a perfect match. Mm. Then it should go into the pipeline, and you should engage with that customer. But if a customer says that they don't have that need right now, then you shouldn't spend time there. Mm. Yeah, and the only thing between me as a supplier and my target group is only time. It's only yeah. time. Mm. Because everyone will buy service point sometime. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's only time. Yeah. yeah. I think that was the answer I was I was looking for. But uh, one one of the what what is the core features in how we approach the market? And one of the key things is this to be value based. What what uh, where are you as a customer at the moment? Mm. So uh, we use telemarketing, um, uh, not as much as per- perhaps other peop- uh, organizations do, but we use it. It's one of the techniques, but d- we don't call out to, to say, would you like to buy? Or we, we ask mm. a question, where are you at the moment? Exactly. Uh, exactly. And, and of course, in our field of expertise. Mm. And that is the, uh, one of the core elements in, in, in our lead generation, yeah. because we want to yeah. know where you are. Exactly. And, and of course, okay, you are there, fine, have a good one, we're mm. polite, everything, uh, mm. bye. And I think the, the, the thing that you have been able to prove at service point is that when you start uh, engaging with your target group, um, most companies, they don't collect that data mm. and, and make it market intelligence. Mm. But if you use that data to actually... Um, put some effort in trying to understand where the customers are, you can you can customize your offering yeah. much better, which you have done in a, I think, excellent way because we went from broad marketing to targeted marketing mm-hmm. with from service point as a self-service portal to HR and on and offboarding. Yeah. And you have tremendous uh, uh, success uh, in that mm. field. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think that that's also important within sales that you need to understand your customers because yeah, yeah, and, yeah, also, and, yeah. and yeah yeah and also um, one other thing that I think is really important is that when you come from uh, the marketing perspective as I am uh, I'm doing and I've been working with marketing uh, f- um, um, for ten to fifteen years um, marketing departments have a tendency to. Uh, always uh, looking at uh, uh, creating great events and uh, have uh, big balloons and <laughs> stuff and champagne flowing and they are not really focusing on the conversion rate exactly uh, and that's one thing that I and um, I think that uh, it's really important for you as marketing um, person or marketeer that you should always uh, think about the the conversion rate or uh, actually and uh, support both the customers with the right content so they can build up and uh, actually uh, yeah build up their arguments and also um, um, see if that is something that you uh, actually want to buy Um, and uh, and also supporting the sales uh, team of of course with that yeah I mean that that could be uh, you look at it. You have like the the marketing department not con- not really utilizing conversa- uh, uh, conversion, so they're doing the big events, and then you have the, the sales sales uh, department not focusing on value, <laughs> instead just focusing on on their own incentives. It could mm. be a really bad mix up, uh, but still everyone's happy. It's a good party. 
Yeah. But yeah. You can, exactly. <laughs> it's a good party, but it's, it's not bringing anything to the customer no. mm. uh, or to the market. But everyone seems at least o- occupied mm. and every, everyone is focused on, on something else. But mm. you were saying something else. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I get very inspired of what you are doing with uh, integrating sales and marketing. We've been talking about integrating sales and marketing for mm. many, many years. But the thing is, uh, the theory is quite simple to understand. It's, mm. it's not that very complicated. But the thing is that the devil's in the details. Yeah. It's, it, it's how you, it's how you <coughs> execute those strategies and implement them mm. and make them integrated. That's the hard part. And I think the thing that, that connects sales and marketing is the market. Mm. Yeah. Because if you're going to build great content, you need to understand the target group. Mm. To understand the target group, you need to talk to them. Yeah, and bring and in the insights. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, we have, we have amazing tools nowadays to, to um, build, um, to, to, to actually integrate sales and marketing. Um, and... and uh, I mean, everyone knows that uh, people are going to their their computer first if they want to learn something new. Mm. Mm. So we need to, to to provide good content to attract customers and to educate customers. Yeah, and to um, yeah to be where they are Ex- actually. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and and. And I, I think the tools are only making it worse because it's easy to get uh, sidetracked by the tools. You get a good graphical in- interface and, oh, I can see my conversion mm. rate. Mm. But you cannot miss out on the old big page. You're still hiding yourself behind a, a, yeah. a new dashboard. Mm. Uh, because the easiest way is coming back to the, the question again, mm. where are you meeting the person and, and just asking, yeah. being there, mm. listening. <laughs> of course, you can listen to a lot of people uh, via dashboard, but... Still, you, it could just be another excuse not to a, uh, mm. actually taking uh, into consideration and investing the time to figure out where the market is. But we've done that. Uh, we also done some th- something when it comes to we're not only doing telemarketing. We of course it, like the uh, a little bit more old-fashioned way. We you were talking about. We also of course utilizing digitalized channels and tools yeah. to doing this. Mm. So digital versus analog. Uh, what what should one choose, Anders? I think uh, the 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 um, secret formula is the um, the hybrid. Of hybrid. Mm. It's not digital. It's not either or. Mm. Yeah, because I've seen many companies focusing one hundred percent on the digital marketing initiatives, but they they don't convert because no one actually contacts the customers. Mm. So you need to have the analog part as well. So you you um, you um, utilize uh, digital tools, but but you need to have someone that actually builds the personal relationship and actually contacts the customer. Mm. What, what's your reflection uh, reflection on this, Anna? The, the the digital tools versus the the analog meetings, or no? But I can only agree with the, with Anders. A mix of both should be because uh, otherwise you will miss out on. Um, contacting the customer on the right time uh, mm. maybe uh, being there for them uh, in the right time uh, that's where the analog or the the phone uh, uh, plays a, g- a great part i think or the physical meeting uh, 
But then you can also have, I mean, you can have a, today you can have a great uh, customer experience in the digital marketing Mm. um, channels. Uh, So uh, just to um, support the the analog meetings or the analog um, interactions with the customer, that's where I think it's it's, uh, the most important uh, thing to think of. Yeah, it's it's not either or. You you mm. need a combination of both because it's 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 a complex. At least we are in in uh, in our business to business world. It is a complex world. It mm. is not one solution no. that suits everywhere. So you you need, of course, to have the uh, the approach to your your own sales and marketing process as well. That can't that can't be easy if it's a complex world you're trying to adopt to. That's it. We, we're we're getting to the end here. How, yeah. How's it been, Anders? Actually, I, w- I, w- I was a bit nervous in the beginning, and I, yeah. f- f- I, f- I felt a bit stiff. But then, uh, as <laughs> we we uh, rolled time. on, yeah. uh, it's it's. I could keep on for a couple of hours now. I'm, I'm yeah. just getting started. Yep. So we did almost an hour. It it's it felt really good. You felt re- re- really comfortable uh, after in, a while. After <laughs> a while, okay. It, it didn't notice. You uh, were like. Uh, the game phase shifted uh, and it went into more smiles. Oh, so I, I'm right. not afraid anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but I think podcasting is like a drug, I think. Because <laughs> you really get, like, you want to go to that mic- Mickey once again yeah. every yeah. week yeah. and yeah. just talk. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we talked about podcasts at Zipper mm. many years ago. Mm-hmm. And, and I was so uh, impressed when you actually started with this. Mm. Yeah, I think it's really great. Yeah. That's one thing. Yeah. It, Something you say, you have to do it. I mean, it's yeah. it's just yeah. uh, just do it, and um, it's really fun too. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So, uh, Anna, how did you think Anders did? Yeah, I think he did great. <laughs> did I pass? <laughs> yeah, it was pass. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, most definitely do. No, uh, it's been really interesting discussing these uh, things, of course, with you, Anders, um, as always. And we just scratched the surface. Yeah, that, we that just we scratched the surface. What I'm thinking, I don't know if this is going to be one episode or two episode, but. Uh, We'll, we'll, you you welcome back anytime. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's time to wrap up. Uh, if should we do a jingle while we talk? This is what episode number is it? We don't talk yeah, about episodes. Ah, good. Now you're getting there <laughs> because this is week eleven in the life of Team Source Point. Uh, in this podcast, we share ups and downs in our adventure of building a new company. We mix frustration with happiness and the will to change the world. Where we believe nothing is impossible. My name is Richard. It's been awesome having you here. Hi, Anna. Anders. Here's Have a good weekend, y'all. Bye. 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 Bye.